You have been led to believe that everything you have experienced isn't real. That there's an explanation. But what if they're wrong? What if something has reached out to you from beyond? Let me tell your true stories. Let me tell them. Until they all believe. Welcome back to the Shadow Files bonus episode for Patreons only. Season 1, Episode 6. I'm so glad you're here today. I have two fantastic stories for you. The first one is sent in by Amy, and I have titled it, Hungry Eyes. Hi, my name is Amy, and this happened to me and my co-workers back in the late 90s. I am retired now, but back then I was a nurse working in the ICU department at a nearby hospital. I worked the night shift. This shift included myself, another nurse named Jill, and an EMT named Mike. He was stationed nearby us, but not at the nurse's station. This hospital had a unique design. The main portion of the hospital was round. The nurse's station was also round. And from our desk, we could see every patient as it was windowed the entire way around us. We had patients nearly all the way around and directly in front of us. There was a separate area reserved for intake patients for the surgical ICU. It was separate from the patient's rooms, but still within our view so that we could attend to anyone awaiting the intake process. Everything on our shift was perfectly normal that night. All the usual duties and routines. I had just returned from my first break. It was roughly 2 a.m. and now it was time for Jill to go and have her break. When we took our breaks, we were to tell the other nurse anything of importance, such as intake or anything that needed tending immediately, such as dispensing medication. Otherwise, we could just check our duty roster and proceed from there. Jill had not mentioned that there was anything immediate that I needed to do. So I pulled the duty roster and checked it for the next hour. All very routine. A movement caught my eye directly in front of me. In the empty surgical ICU room, the lights were off in there at the moment, but There was ambient light from outside and from our station. Nobody was supposed to be in there, and Jill had neglected to tell me that a patient was waiting in there, and in the dark. What the hell was she thinking? This poor guy. He was motioning with his right arm for me to come in there. I held up my index finger to let him know I was on my way. I felt so bad. I glanced up at him again. And he did not look well. He was emaciated and in his advanced years. He looked so frail. I was worried that he might be in pain. I would have to hurry to go and grab his chart. I quickly grabbed the paperwork that I needed from the nurse's station. And I half ran to the double door to enter the room that he was in. I went through the first set of doors and I stopped. But not because I wanted to. I was trying to move forward, but I physically could not. What the hell? 
It was as if something was holding me in place, only allowing for movement backwards. I absolutely could not move forward. When I looked up at the old man, he was watching me. And then it began to get cold. And I don't mean a draft or chilly. I mean the kind of cold that hurts your face. The kind of cold that when you inhale through your nostrils, the insides of your nose freezes. That's how cold it got. And I'm saying within seconds. The old man was still motioning for me to come to him. His face expressionless, emotionless, eyes unblinking and focused only on me deeply focused as if he could wheel me to him just by staring and something was screaming in my head get out of there don't go to him it was like the primal reaction a human gets when we are in danger my adrenaline was gearing up for the flight or fight my skin goosebumps The hair on my neck was stiff. I just knew I needed to get away from that old man. Instead of appearing to me as the frail old man needing assistance, he was now emanating a sickening and ominous feeling in me. I had never felt this before. He was looking at me as if I were prey and his face clearly not looking helpless anymore. In fact, he looked very capable. I stopped trying to pass through whatever barrier was holding me back. He continued to motion for me to come to him. I backed away, and I went back to the nurse's station, my eyes on him, his eyes on me. Then Jill returned from her break, her presence kind of snapping me back into reality, like like maybe I did not just experience what I thought I had. She looked at my face and said, what's wrong? I blankly said, can you tend to the patient waiting in the surgical ICU room? It wasn't that I wanted whatever it was in there to harm her. I fully intended to stop her if she could get through the barrier I experienced. My request was actually more of a question like, can you? Can you get through? Although she didn't know that. She headed into the double doorway and stopped as as I had. Then she just stood there looking at him. He was looking at her almost desperately, but not desperately needing medical assistance. More like desperately wanting her to come in there maybe just close enough to, to what? She returned to the nurse's station. It's freezing in there and I couldn't get in there. What's happening here? I know, I said, it's cold and we can't get in there. Why can't we get in there, Jill? She was scared. She could not see the old man anymore, but I did. And he was still motioning with his hand. For me to come to him. Looking at him made me feel physically ill. 
Jill, let's close it all off. We had a full circle of windows around us, all fully draped, and we pulled them closely so I could not see him anymore. I just could not look at him anymore. After a while, just for curiosity's sake, I phoned the available EMT, Mike. Could you please come to our station? When he arrived, I asked him to please go into the surgical ICU room, and I followed him part way. And when I looked for the old man, he was gone. I told him I was worried about this door. It, it may need maintenance. When he tried, he went through the door. And when he came back, he said, the door seems fine, but I'm calling maintenance anyways because it's freezing in there. And he was worried that the heating was down. When morning shift arrived, they opened the curtains and I was bracing to see the old man still motioning. But he was still gone. The chair he sat in was there, empty. Empty in the morning sunlight, as if nothing had happened. Jill and I worked there for years and never experienced anything like that again. It was like whatever that thing was had one shot at getting us to come in there. And it failed. And I truly believe it failed because something else was there that night. Something as good as the old man was evil, like a guardian angel. Whatever the good was, it would not let us pass or get close enough to the thing pretending to be an old man in need of assistance. I don't know much about paranormal things, but I know deep in my heart that thing was evil, and it wanted me for a purpose. This was not a ghost, not a haunting, but some type of entity that preys on humans, humans that dare to get close enough. The hospital eventually closed and it sat empty for years, just empty and silent. You could see the passage of time as windows eventually were breaking and decay started taking hold. The hospital sat at a red light on a busy highway. I can tell you, I sat through many a red light, daring myself to look at the windows, look to see if I can see an old man waving silently at whoever would come to his aid. The hospital has since been torn down. It is now a grass lot, but I know I will never forget it. I will also never forget the desperate wanting look in the eyes of an unknown creature and the feeling that we had been saved that night from an unknown fate. This story is frightening on so many levels, I don't know where to begin. It's almost like the two entities were competing against each other, one wanting to do some type of harm, and the other was put in place to save you. Just so amazing. Usually with hospital stories, it is ghostly experiences, but I, I think I agree that this was something dark and certainly had ill intention toward whoever would get close to it. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm curious, why was it unable to leave that chair? If it was some otherworldly entity, why wouldn't it have the power to move around? Maybe because 
it violated some cosmic rule. Maybe its kind was not permitted to come after us. And maybe that's why the good entity was there to prevent any harm. A lot of maybes and a lot of guessing. We could guess at this one for days. Needless to say, I am glad you and Jill were saved that night, which makes me wonder, does everyone get saved? I think it would be nice to glimpse the rule book on this. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be nice to know something for a fact and not have to guess what is happening? Anyway, Amy, thanks so much for sending this story. It's truly scary, and I will not soon forget this one. Next, we have our second story sent in from Bonnie. This is a one-of-a-kind experience. Thanks for sharing this heartfelt story. I know it couldn't have been easy for you to think about it all again. Let's get into Bonnie's story that I have titled Vision of Love. Hi, I'm Bonnie. I want everyone to know that I am sending this story out there as a beacon of hope to others. It's not a scary story, as most of your episodes are, but I am hoping you will still tell my story. My husband and I had been married 43 and a half years, and we had many more good years than bad. In fact, I really can't say that any of our years were bad. It's during times of struggle or disagreement that I have found you learn the most, the most about yourself and your partner. This is when growth happens, and unfortunately, not enough people stick it out long enough to build this bond with each other. My husband Edward and I did mostly everything together. Don't get me wrong, we had our individual interests as well, but we spent a lot of time fishing, all through North America, Canada, and some parts of South America. We are not world travelers or rich. We just enjoyed fishing as a sport and saved up our money like everyone else to enjoy one of our favorite activities together. We also hunted, played golf, enjoyed some TV time together as well. My husband was my soulmate. We still held hands snuggled in bed, kissed each other goodbye when we were leaving, and we treated each other the very best that we could. We were still in love, and it was a great life. Don't misunderstand, we certainly had our arguments like everyone else, but the way we handled our disagreements is what strengthened our marriage. I was a teaching nurse. I taught classes to other other students like nurses on how to properly use a dialysis machine. At times I would be assigned a class that would require travel, but the trips were usually within my state. I lived north of Pittsburgh and I would mainly travel to a facility near Philadelphia. I would be gone normally about a week. My husband and I would talk every evening and briefly every morning while I was away. My husband was retired at this time, and he would handle everything at home, so I had no worries. One night, he hadn't answered my phone call. Though concerned, I was not immediately alarmed. I thought maybe he had just fallen asleep a little early in front of the TV and didn't hear the phone. But 
When he did not answer the next morning, I felt a wave of panic run through me. I needed to know that he was okay. I phoned my daughter to go check on her dad. She found her father laying in his favorite spot, as if watching TV, except he wasn't. He wasn't watching TV. He had passed away. The love of my life was gone, and he had died alone. My entire world was shattered. My worst fear had been realized that we would be apart when one of us died. Was he scared? Was it sudden? I didn't know anything, and I was still four hours from home. My son, his wife, and my daughter were all at the house waiting for me to get home. They had called the police to report his passing and asked that the authorities please delay a few hours until I could get home. I wanted to see him once more in our home. Once I arrived home, I had a final moment alone with my husband and then they took him from our house. We were devout in our religion, but since God had taken him, I had a rage in me that struck out against God. I was so angry that God had taken him while we were apart. I could think of nothing much more except my anger and my newfound loneliness. Besides those two feelings, I was numb. I lived in a void. I may have laughed, but I wasn't happy. I would talk to people, but I was never fully engaged in the conversation. I didn't care what anyone else had to say. My grief was palpable. At the end of the day, I barely remembered what I had done that day because without Edward, it was meaningless. I could feel a heavy blanket of sadness over me, keeping me from any enjoyment of life. I went through every day like a robot. I did what I needed to do, but without any joy, without any emotion, except deep anger at God and profound sadness. I forced myself to go to a church service. It was the Feast of St. Michael, the Archangel Angel. It was Sunday service, and as I sat in the pew, I became so focused on my anger. In my head, I was screaming at God, why did he have to be alone? I'm a nurse. I could have saved him, but you took him when he was alone. How long did he lay there knowing I couldn't be there with him in his final moments? I closed my eyes so that I wouldn't cry in church. And then I wasn't in church anymore. I was in our game room where my husband had died, but he was alive. He was watching TV in his favorite spot. Then I saw the figure of an angel. I only assumed it was an angel because I could see wings. As far as any other features or details, I could not see any because the light she was emanating was bright and overpowered any characteristics she may have had. 
The thing was, I just knew it was a female. And I knew I was only an observer. I was being shown something. This angel's very presence made you feel comfort, love, compassion. The angel came up behind my husband. She kneeled down beside him. Then his head and shoulders slumped. I had just seen him die. She reached for him then, and she helped his spirit stand. His body still lay on the floor. He looked confused, but not afraid. She had her arm around him, and they were looking at each other's eyes. Now they were holding hands, and he willingly went with her through the wall, and they were gone, and I was back at church. I bowed my head. I thanked God for the peace the vision had given me. My love had not been afraid, and he was certainly not alone. I was still angry that Edward was gone, but my constant rage had subsided. I felt that I was given the gift of assurance that he was comforted and properly cared for in his final moments. I never told anyone the full story until now. I told my family before that, yeah, I had seen an angel and she had brought me peace. They never heard the full story. When I recently told them the whole story, they wondered why I hadn't shared it before now. Well, the only answer I can give for that, I wasn't ready to share my vision. My, my husband has been gone 13 long years now, and the story belonged to Edward and I. And our love story is not over. Bless you all. I'm not crying, you are. Oh my God, this is such a beautiful, sad, awesome story. I am truly sorry you lost your husband, but I'm awestruck at your vision. How amazing for you to have been given that final moment with him. And it sounds like you two filled your life with beautiful, meaningful memories with a love that was written in the stars. Blessings to you, Bonnie. And I agree, your love story is not over. You will be together again. If you've had any kind of paranormal experience, please let me tell your story. Send them to mytruestory at myyahoo.com. Thanks. Thanks for spending your time with me today. You are always so appreciated. As always, peace and love and bye for now. Thanks for being here today. I hope to see you next time on Paranormal and Supernatural True Stories. Will your experience be the next one I tell? Send all communications and stories to my true story at myyahoo.com. In the meantime, leave the lights on.